Hello, and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, I am once again joined by County Administrator Scott Stevens. Welcome, Scott. Well, it's great to be back, Renee. It is good to have you. So, what is, it's November. I don't know how that happened. Oh, you know, me either. We made it through uh, Halloween. Um, it was a nice day weather-wise, and at least the children that I saw out seemed to be following COVID guidelines as yes. much as they could. So I'm glad we seem to have made it through that and the kids had a nice evening out. But it definitely is fall. The leaves are falling. I'll talk more about that later. But it, <laughs> uh, the days are still nice though, right? Mid 70s during the day and 50, 60 at night. So I, I can, I can uh, enjoy that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I know the Board of Supervisors has been busy. So do you want to just jump in and let us know what's going on? You know, yeah, a couple of things before I forget ahead of that. Oh, okay. And the board has been busy. I say busy. We've had three meetings since our last uh, podcast, so I thought I'd cover those. But before that, I do want to acknowledge Election Day is over in James City County in the country, and that is a good thing. I want to thank all of our poll workers and Diana Mormon and her staff. Um, you know, I think early voting was a real success here in James City County. I know we had a, a lot of positive feedback, and so I uh, took a lot of planning behind the scenes for that to work as well as it did. And then during Election Day, I did have the opportunity to visit 13 of our precincts. Uh, and I would just say that the, the poll workers there were all enthusiastic. They were happy to be there. Uh, their crowds were less than they had in the past due to the early voting. And we had a huge percentage of our registered voters, more than half, voted early. So um, and that was a couple of days before early voting ended. So I, I think um, uh, it was a really nice day out. And I just wanted to acknowledge the effort that went into that as it does most years, but there was extra effort this year with all the early voting uh, and mail discussion going on. So uh, I want to thank you for that. I do want to mention COVID-19. Uh, you know, it's one of those things we've all sort of grown to maybe tolerate or live with or figure out. Um, and I guess the, what I have to remind myself of from time to time, and while I'm doing things that are what we're told we're supposed to do from masking and social distancing and staying out of crowds, I still have to remind myself it's the same virus that was here in March. There's still not a cure for a vaccine, although I think uh, it's said we're getting closer to that. And uh, I just want people to remain vigilant, not to be scared, not to stay inside, not to stay uh, not doing things, but you just have to be smarter about the way we move about and try to follow the guidelines and guidance that's out there. And um, remind myself and our staff all the time of those same kinds of things. I just want to remind the community of that as well. That said, the governor did amend an executive order a couple of weeks ago that will allow Bush Gardens to maybe increase their capacity slightly. It still will not be a, a very crowded park, but with that, Bush Gardens had announced that they were extending um, their operations through the end of December and into early January. So I think that's really good news for Bush Gardens. I'm, I'm pleased they've been able to operate even in a limited capacity. I hope it's helpful to some of the business community that supports them. And I would say if you haven't had a chance to get out there, uh, it really is a very pleasant experience. I have been a time or two just to see what a thousand people in the park feels like. And it feels like you have the park to yourself. So it's really a nice time to go out. I don't know what that will be during Christmas time. Um, but I would just tell you, if you haven't been out there, you're worried about it, uh, you are as spread out and I think as safe there as you are many places. And we just encourage you to be cautious and if you want to go, to go check that out. Um, we do tend to, just so you know, on the peninsula, we have not stopped having our regular meetings to talk about COVID. So we're having weekly meetings at, at a minimum where we're talking with the other localities, we're talking with the hospitals, we're talking with our other regional partners, and we do have a staff that is constantly talking about the numbers and what it means and talking with the health department. So even though it's not as uh, uh, front page here as it was six or seven months ago, 
your staff is still working behind the scenes on a very regular basis to make sure that we have the latest information and that we know the best practice and that we are communicating with one another so we have a good situational awareness of what's going on. And again, I think we'll get through it. I'm sure we'll get through it. It's just a, a few more months or more uh, before we get back to whatever normal turns into be. Um, Anything on COVID I've missed for now? I haven't let you talk for a long time already. I, I know. I think we covered it all. I do want to go back to Halloween if I can for just a second. I know that I've heard my experience and a few other people's experience. We actually kind of enjoyed it a little bit more. We sat at the bottom, or, you know, at our driveway. Wow. We had the fire pit going. We had the table with the candy bars. We were well socially distanced from everyone. And we had a great time. So well, who knows? That may become a new tradition. You know, I had a neighbor that really chose to go all out decorating, so that made the next door neighbor fun. Monique and I sat at the end of our driveway. We had our tongue, our slide, and the sleep <laughs> in the kids' buckets, and that seemed to be fun as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah it wasn't it was, and it was a nice night, as I said earlier, to be out. So, yes. uh, anyway, we we do have to adjust, but we need to keep living and looking for those uh, fun things and experiences to do with our community members and and family. So, uh, just Absolutely. have to be. Um, a couple, I say a couple of things, a number of things with our board of supervisors. I said they did meet three times since we or twice since we've last talked. We have another meeting pending that I want to discuss a little bit. But October 13th, um, we did recognize Jane Townsend, an employee that worked with the county for over 20 years. Most of our residents would know her as being our satellite services administrator and our DMV select office out in Tolano. Uh, Jane had delayed her retirement multiple times trying to make sure that we had uh, DMV Select as we were opening another one here at the government complex with our treasurer's office and she wanted to be supportive and helpful and so she stuck with us uh, quite a bit longer than she really intended to but I want to thank Jane for her service and for letting us recognize her with the Board of Supervisors. During that same meeting we had a number of awards that the county had received. Uh, one was related to our Workforce Housing Task Force and the work they had put in and so we, we did want to recognize that group and thank them for their service. And then our video staff had received some national awards. And again, I want to commend both groups, our staff and our volunteers, for helping us work through and, and being recognized uh, statewide and nationally as being a leader in some of these areas. And so I think that continues to speak well for the workforce that's here and our community that's willing to get involved. Uh, the final, I guess, presentation during that meeting was our floodplain, uh, floodplain program and our community rating system improvement. We dropped to a rate class of five. Uh, rating and while that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to everyone uh, that puts us to be one of the few in the country with that low of a rating and the lower the rating the less you as a resident that has flood insurance pay and in this case the class five rating provides a 25 percent discount uh, to those who purchase flood insurance that are in floodplains and so it just goes back to um, our policies and ordinances that are in place that require board approval to our staff's effort to go out and monitor and mitigate uh, those impacts to our, our citizens really being compliant with the regulations. But I think it speaks very well to James City County, at least trying to do what we can to protect its residents from flooding and to address situations and again, help uh, in other areas. So uh, in terms of the consent agenda, a number of items for the board of that meeting, we had 12 grant awards and I won't get into the details of all of those, but it was in excess of $800,000. Some of those grants are fairly regular and recurring, but I don't wanna miss the point that a lot of them, our staff seeks out, they look for, they're constantly paying attention for opportunities and trying to leverage our local dollars and turn them into something more. And so I do want to commend our staff uh, for that uh, uh, work and doing that, whether it's a regular routine grant, whether it's a new one, uh, but I do know we're always looking for ways to bring more money into the community so we don't have to take it from our residents to do the things that our residents are asking of us. Uh, they did have four public hearings and 
very little public comment, so things uh, generally didn't have much controversy during that. And then we had a grant award, a project award, uh, for Toyota West Spring Restoration Project. It was $340,000. And then we had some discussion about providing more funding to the schools. The schools had a fairly significant surplus savings um, at the end of their fiscal year, FY20, which ended in June. I think the schools had an excess of $5 million. The board had already given back $2 million. Uh, the schools had asked for another 770000 and so the board did approve that request as well. When they moved to uh, the next meeting, we had a joint meeting, and I said we had two meetings. We had three in October. I'm sorry, I'll get my numbers right at some point. We did have a joint meeting with the city council and the school board, really talk about school funding, both locally and statewide. We brought in Jim Regenball, who's really a recognized expert in the financial field in uh, the state of Virginia. And... There wasn't any action taken. It was more of a discussion that related from teacher pay, there's funding for pupil, the, uh, what we pay as localities compared to what others pay. And I think just very good information for our elected officials to hear at the same time, ask questions together, and as we move into joint meetings in December to talk about the school CIP request. I think that meeting is scheduled for December 4th, and then we'll have a meeting on their operations typically sometime in the spring. So, um, again, just trying to get us all on the same page, so to speak, related to school finances. Uh, the board's the supervisor's work session was October 27th. Um, we heard about an hour-long comp plan update. There's been a lot of progress made over the past year and a half, a number of public input sessions that have driven sort of the guide of the, the direction we're headed at this point. So we were just providing an update to the board of supervisors. It was a joint meeting with our planning commission members. Uh, it's moving into more public comment or public participation in the January, February timeframe. And so I would encourage members of the public if you have an interest to what it looks like here in the future, now's the time to help us because the plan we're putting in place will guide decisions that come in the next 5, 10, or 15 years. And so when you say, well, I didn't realize you were going to allow apartments to go there, this comp plan update sort of sets the stage for the zoning that will allow those types of developments to occur. While we can't stop the development, that's not a uh, something that the Board of Supervisors can stop, we can try to direct it into areas in the community that we think are most appropriate. And we can try to make sure that they're meeting the guidelines and setbacks and trying to maintain and preserve the quality of life and appearance of the community that we all uh, seem to enjoy. Uh, we also, the, the board uh, considered the marina project. That we have the marina broken into two phases in terms of work around the waterway. And they did award, award phase one. It was just over, uh, I think, around $3.2 million. Uh, it will, will go to work uh, fairly quickly, be completed by the June timeframe. Uh, but it's basically as you drive into the marina, there's a number of slips on the right. It will replace uh, those 30 or 40 rental slips. The other half of the dockage is really related to the fuel island, uh, the ramp itself, and where boaters would use when they're launching their craft and pulling them out. So there'll be a lot of public space that's being renovated as part of phase one. Uh, it will repave the driveway uh, along the marina there. It will install sidewalks, lighting. It will dredge the marina basin. Uh, and it will move the kayak launch over to another finger. So we're taking the kayakers and canoes and getting them away from the motorboat traffic so they're not congested in the marina area. Uh, it should be a really good project for the community, so I'm excited to get that, that one moving. Uh, it does replace our dockage that's in pretty bad shape. Uh, it's one of those things that we had talked about, possibly shutting it down if we didn't replace it. And so I'm excited to have that project moving forward. There is a phase two marina project that's in a later year of our CIP. It's in the next three to five years. Uh, about another $3 million that would then expand parking, possibly move the boat ramp. Uh, we've talked about replacing the covered storage. There's still some conversation about what that looks like and what the county will do with that. Uh, but I do think those projects will be good for the community and those that use the marina, not 
um, not just the boat slip rental people, uh, but the rest of us that want to go down and have water access. And it certainly seems to be well used, at least when I've been there and, and watching. Uh, Sharon Day, our uh, financial management services uh, director, uh, did give a first quarter financial update. Our first quarter, again, our year started July 1st. We got through the uh, first quarter at the end of October, or excuse me, the end of September. Some of our revenues lagged, so she gave a, an update of where we were this year as compared to last year, and then how we are doing compared to budget overall. And um, I, I would tell you we're trending uh, well to budget. We're behind last year, which is what we expected. Our board adopted a budget. It was basically 10% less than last year on the county side, 7.5% less on the school side. Um, but it's uh, it's trending that way. We're, we're running a little better than what we projected. Sales tax is actually holding up a little better. Uh, meals and lodging taxes are a little worse than what we had projected on the budget. But overall, we feel very confident of where our budget's going this year. So uh, I think good news, but just a check-in for the board, and we'll come back and do that again. Uh, and then our uh, county attorney did discuss our legislative agenda with our board of supervisors. We normally have uh, they, the board, bring up issues. Uh, we bring them back to them in the September, October timeframe to prepare a legislative agenda. That then we hold a joint meeting with our state representatives. That joint meeting is a November work session for the board. So uh, it was time to get our legislative agenda put together. So they've done that. Um, and then the meeting that's upcoming, uh, we're close enough to it. Uh, as we talk today, we're a little ahead of that, but our agenda has been published for the board's uh, November 10th meeting. Again, that legislative agenda I mentioned will be on there for them to consider. Uh, again, they have a couple of grant awards to consider on this agenda again, which is really nice. They have three positions that Old Town Medical and Dental Center has asked for them to approve, which uh, we will see, but I expect that will be okay. So the Old Town Medical and Dental Center can continue to operate and expand as they want to. We do have three public hearings that, again, don't appear to be very um, contentious, so I don't think there'll be a lot of conversation there, but we'll see. You never really know going into it. Um, and then we do have 1.8 million in budget uh, restorations uh, that we are requesting of our Board of Supervisors. As I said earlier, our year is tracking fairly well this year. Uh, our year FY20, which ended June 30th, we're completing the audit. Uh, our finance man financial management service director shared that our Fund balance increase uh, at the end of our fiscal year 20 is in, in excess of $10 million, and that's due to a lot of factors. Some of employees here, when we put a freeze on spending in March, you know, because we were uncertain what COVID would do to us, uh, we held departments back to just basically spending what they had to spend to deliver critical services. The departments did that very well. That was a significant savings. The school system did the very same thing. They had a significant savings. And then uh, the CARES Act money that came in and that part, we, we've received two allocations, 6.7 million was last fiscal year. We spent some of that money, the balance of that really went into reimbursing public safety salaries. And so those three things together led to that excess funding. Revenues weren't quite as bad as we thought, but our expenses were held. And so we ended the year very well. Um, so we've gone into this year with a budget that is reduced, as I mentioned. Uh, we cut Bartman's pretty hard last spring to get us down to this 10% reduction. So this almost $2 million back about two and a half percent back into the budget to help with some of the areas where departments were feeling were really important in terms of meeting the needs of the community and so that the board will consider at their november 10th meeting uh, we also had removed from our budget a two percent raise for county employees we were asking that the board consider that and approve that for county employees beginning january 1st i will tell you most other localities in hampton roads have given a raise of some sort um, this year, many have done a raise plus a bonus of some type. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about 
the CARES Act funding uh, and providing raises for uh, your frontline employees, your public safety primarily, there were some other classifications, uh, and many localities have done that in tiered arrays where some ended up with as much as $2,000, others ended up with uh, $1,500 or $750, uh, and even some down to where they gave all employees $250, and so there's been a, a pretty big differential in what has been done for localities. For me, and again, part of my struggle with the CARES Act, we've had to just took out public safety. They really, uh, our police and fire do a phenomenal job for us and EMS day after day after day. Uh, but during COVID, we've had a lot of other people doing what I believe is important as well, from the janitorial staff, to folks that are interacting with the public on a regular basis, to those that were even teleworking. We've had folks that, well, they're teleworking, really aren't producing. And, and I will tell you, that's not true. Um, and by and large, our folks teleworking have had their own struggles at home. For some, it's been nice. For some, it's been really challenging with kids and family in the background or pets. Uh, for others, they, they find they can't turn it off. They go home, the computer's there, the office is there, they get up and instead of waiting until eight o'clock, it's sitting there, they're online at 7.15. They're working through, if, if their day is five, all of a sudden it's 5.30 or quarter to six and their spouse is saying, hey, when's dinner? And so I do think those working at home or sacrificing have given a lot too. And I just was very concerned with tiering the bonuses and trying to do something that didn't seem to uh, reward all of our employees who have had to work through some difficult times. And so I do want to thank all of our staff. I think they've done a phenomenal job uh, dealing with COVID and trying to continue to provide services to the public. Uh, and we'll continue to do that. Um, and I do think this 2% raise is very well deserved. It's in keeping with what's going on. And the county can't afford to do it this year. So I think that um, bodes well for our actions to this point. The other thing we're asking the board to do is the creation of an additional assistant county administrator position. I've shared that internally with our employees. And so again, the community uh, can see that as well. Um, you know, folks will argue, why would you add another high level executive position? And I would tell you, we, we've done a lot within our organization in what you're calling succession planning, where you're trying to grow internal talent so that when you have a vacancy, you're not worried about who's gonna apply. You know you have good applicants inside. And we're able to do that in a lot of cases. Uh, but the board in the last several times with the county administrator hadn't felt that they had a, a, the best candidate internally. And that's good for me because it let me come and be part of James City County. Uh, but for me, where I think it ends up is just providing a future board when my time's done here with some other opportunity within the organization. And so that's one part of it. I think it will provide in a growing community, which we are, we're sort of at that break point where having an additional assistant, some do, some don't. But our projections are that we're going to continue to grow. And so with that growth projection, I think the addition of an assistant will allow us to be more responsive or as responsive and not lose some of that as we're growing to our community, to our board of supervisors, and to our employees. And so my hope is you'll see somebody from administration more often out in the community. Whether it's me or whether it's one of the assistants, we will be able to cover a lot more ground. So I think there's some real value in that. And then we can focus on some other things that maybe our background or secondary for some others, whether it's our strategic planning and just refreshing that, whether some of the future forecasting in terms of projects and other things that maybe are done at the department level, we can have a little bit more involvement uh, early on from the administration side. So I think there's some real advantages there. Uh, I've had some say, well, why now? We're in a financial crisis. Why would you add a high-level position today? And I will tell you, for FY21, our current fiscal year, I expect the impact to be minimal. Um, as we get into our next budget year, we'll have the full impact of that salary. But at least for this year, just by the way the process is moved, I don't think it'll have a significant impact for this year. So uh, more to come on that, but I'm excited to have that uh, um, possibly going forward and hope the board uh, 
but we'll consider that when, when it's presented to them. Um, and I think that's enough for meetings. Uh, Renee, you look like you've had enough of that, so I'll give up on the meetings update. And, uh, no, you could just talk about meetings all day long. But yes, there's been a lot of stuff happening. So, And I would always encourage members of the public, if they have questions, to email me or to call. And again, a number of 757-253-6603 and then 253-6603. And be happy to, to answer questions. Because I do think having an informed community um, is important. So where folks have questions, we want to be able to provide you our logic and whether you agree with the decision or not, you at least understand how we ended up where we ended up. And so I think I'll uh, maybe circle back on a couple things and just, um, you know, uh, leaf pickup. I did mention leaves earlier, they're falling. And for those that look to the county to help with that, we do have a schedule out, it's on our website. Uh, but December 1st through the 16th, we will be doing the curbside collection. We're starting over those two weeks. So you need to figure out what time is for your neighborhood but we will come by during that time frame of December 1st through the 16th and pick up leaves. I guess they need to be bagged and we pick them up and pull them apart. Uh, but that is something that we are doing uh, early December. We also have free drop-off at our Jolly Pond Convenience Center. It's open 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. and there's free drop-off times uh, November 14th through the 22nd and January 9th through the 17th. So you can drop them off other times. Uh, but you may pay a fee to drop them off other times. The free time, again, is November 14th through the 22nd and January 9th through the 17th. So good luck with the leaves out there. I know that's a, some battle of that more than others each year. Uh, I happen to be in a yard where I have a nice natural area beside me. So for me, it's just raking them or blowing them to the side. Uh, but for others, they've got to cart them on. And we do try to provide some opportunity for that. Uh, we mentioned earlier um, county finances. So I just want to say uh, I really do think that we're in good shape uh, in the county from actions that the board and our staff has taken over the past years, really, uh, but certainly over the past uh, COVID crisis timeframe. Uh, I will tell you that the pitch rating uh, agency did re-evaluate James City County and reaffirmed our AAA rating in the last few weeks and have maintained our positive outlook. So that says at least to one of the three credit rating agencies, their review of us really due to COVID uh, that we're doing the things that they think are prudent, that we're still a very good credit risk. And so I think that speaks well for the actions that have been taken. I don't want to tell you that I think we're out of the woods. I think there's still a lot of uh, challenge going forward. Uh, maybe not so much for local governments. I think we will figure that out. But I do worry an awful lot about our business community. So I would just you know, encourage our residents to where you can support a local business and shop here. It makes a difference. I mean, your, your uh, sales tax dollars here will help business community as well I mean your local governments but also shopping at our local businesses will help them as well and I know some of them have become uh, very creative in their way of providing service and again I think you'll see some of that even after once we get through COVID but I think it's important for us to recognize and try to support them as much as we can um, the other thing with county finances we are going to be having a joint meeting with the school board on December 4th We'll be talking about the school's uh, five and 10 year capital improvement uh, request. That, and that's a normal meeting that we've had with the school board of the city for the past several years. And also, I expect in our November work session with the board, we'll be discussing the county's five year CIP just ahead of budget, having some general conversation with our board to make sure we're headed in the direction that they want us to head. And, you know, Renee, we talked about the great weather outside. And I'll say for me, almost every season is a great season. I enjoy some more than others. But I will say it's nice to be out walking now. It's not terribly cold. It's not very humid. Uh, it really is a pleasant time outside. So I would encourage our 
community to get out and get involved, whether it's pickleball or bike riding or walking trails or running, whatever your uh, thing may be. I think it's a really a great time to take advantage of it and do that. So I would encourage folks to do that. I expect we'll talk again ahead of uh, the holidays. I do want to wish everybody a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Again, just a reminder with COVID, I don't think you have to be deathly afraid of it, but I think you have to be very aware and concerned and smart. It is still a real threat. Uh, the wearing of the masks, uh, we are told, helps. So I wear my mask uh, more often than I ever thought I would, and I would encourage the community to do the same. I do try to avoid gathering. I will see some family members over the holidays. I think that's part of life. We don't do large gatherings, um, so I, I'm still somewhat cautious with large groups. I just encourage others to um, you know, be wise and smart and, and um, uh, again, enjoy life, but uh, do it in a way that makes sense during the times we're in. So I think that's all I have today, Renee. Well, I think that's great. I think you did a great job as always. Okay, well, thank you very much. You're very kind for that, so I appreciate that. Well, one thing I would add is it's hard to believe that hurricane season does last until the end of November, and there is a storm right now that we are watching that it's a tropical storm at this point but it's got florida in its sights and it is always a possibility that it could just come on up the coast so stay prepared and it's not time to bust apart those emergency kits yet keep it all together and hopefully we will have nothing to worry about but it goes until the end of november yeah you know i, I was mentioned hurricane season it's been a really active season We've seen some rain, but we haven't had the storm. So we've been very fortunate and I feel um, very pleased that it's not. I don't wish it on anybody else, but I'm glad that they haven't come here. And I certainly hope this one that's swirling around doesn't bring us any more than rain, but we'll see. And to your point, we all need to be prepared to look after our families for a period of time, regardless of what the event might be. So thanks for that reminder. Of course. Well, and I want to say that I'm going to take a little bit of credit for our quiet hurricane season this year because I tend to glare at the storms and tell them no and to not come. And so far, so good. So I am doing the same right now with this last storm. Well, so. right. Uh, you're going to give us a glare example? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got to be. I don't just throw those around, okay? It's got to be for a good reason. <laughs> well, Scott, thanks again so much. As always, you do such a great job, and it's always great to check in with you and get your updates. All right, we're able until next time. All right, until next time. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to go online to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to find all of our episodes as well as a form. You can complete it, give us show ideas, comments, critiques. We would love to hear from you. So, once again, oh, and be sure to subscribe. I don't think I said that. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. So once again, thank you so much, and we will talk with you next week. Bye.